This is the Farmington Feed, bringing you information from the city of Farmington. Hi, and welcome back to the Farmington Feed. I'm Karen Hajanicki, the city's communications specialist, and I'm hungry for another episode of the Feed. We have four special guests with us today, and we're introducing some of our Farmington faces with a new employee speed round. Round one is going to start with Stephanie Amon, Economic Development Coordinator, and Jared Johnson, Planning Coordinator. Hi, and welcome, Stephanie and Jared. Thanks for having Hello, us, Corinne. Thanks for having us. Okay, well, we're going to get started. First question, can each of you tell us how you became interested in your current position? So my background is not in economic development, but I had worked in a previous city in economic development, and it's just a great deal of fun, honestly. It ties together the marketing side of my life and the fun, friendly connection portion. So that's, and Farmington had a great position open with someone that worked with a previous job. And uh, that's, that's how I ended up in Farmington. I'm excited to be here. Nice. And so what is your degree in then? Uh, marketing communications. Okay. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Jared? Well, I always grew up just loving, you know, in my town, just watching everything get built from homes to new businesses. So that's always kind of fascinated me. Um, and then when I got to school, I kind of realized planning, has a big portion to deal with that. So that's how I've always been interested in city planning. And then my degree is in environmental planning. So just oh, a little okay. bit of twist on there. Nice. Okay. So how is that different than just a regular planning degree? What do you get to do? Environmental planning definitely emphasizes sustainability when we plan, when we build things more. So it's just an extra twist on it, just more sustainability focused. Nice. How about how long have you guys been working in a position similar to this role? I have been in economic development for the last two and a half years and then six months at the city of Farmington. Okay. How about you, Jared? I've been working as a planner for about two and a half years since I graduated college. Okay. So you're a youngin. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So, Steph, you work closely with the EDA, Economic Development Authority. Mm -hmm. So what are they working on right now? It's very timely. We just had our uh, EDA meeting last night. But the things that I can tell you that we're working on, um, first off, the EDA has been super supportive of initiatives that we've brought forward to them. But one of the main things that economic development and the EDA are working on together right now is their micro grant, which is new to them this year. So businesses that are looking to do a project, they will match funds up to $2,500. And the goal is really to meet small businesses where they're at. So if they have a marketing plan that they want to put together, if they want to paint the side of the building, they want to put a sign up, all of those things are um, acceptable uses of the funding. So that was one of the big initiatives this year since I've started. And really, they're just they're sitting back and listening to the things that we're bringing forward for next year's budgeting cycle to bring new business to town. Nice. And you've gotten some applicants already for that, correct? Correct. We awarded our fourth one last night. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, it's exciting. So there's about $15,000 left in the fund. So if folks are looking to apply, they should, should, get they should, on do, it. They yeah. should do that soon. All right. So can we address the elephant in the room? Everybody's talking about a grocery store. I love the elephant in the room. And it's all that's on social media. (laughs) It's all that people bring up, even if it has nothing to do with what they're talking about. (laughs) Let's talk about it. I would love to. So because I'm... I I will put myself out there and tell folks that I actually do have a background in uh, retail grocery as a marketing and community relations manager for a store. How convenient. How convenient. And so I do have some connections in the grocery world. And what I can tell folks is we can talk about the elephant in the room, but we also have to talk about why the original grocery store left town. It wasn't utilized. And we, as economic developers, then have to tell new grocery stores why they should want to come. 
And part of what we're hearing is we simply don't have the rooftops right now to do so. So this is a bigger issue. It's chicken and egg, right? Like what has to come first? What has to come first is we have to put more density into Farmington for it to make sense for grocery stores to come to Farmington. So know that those connections have been utilized and we're working towards getting a grocery store in Farmington, but it really requires us to have the more rooftops. It requires industry to come to town. So it's it's a process. Economic development is all about relationships and it's all about timing. And the timing, unfortunately, right this moment, isn't going to be a grocery store because there's grocery stores close. We're working on different solutions for that. And the other thing that we need folks to realize is the team that's here right now is new. Our reset clock started six months ago. We don't know what happened three years ago. We don't know what happened two years ago. And we aren't responsible for that either. Right. So we're starting now. <laughs> and we've been working on it for six months. So and, we're and working. And you are listening and you, are, and you do Absolutely. care that, that that's what they want. Absolutely. Um, so on your side, Jared, you work with the planning commission and Correct. Tony, our planning manager. So how does that commission help uh, Farmington move forward? Yes. Yeah, so the planning commission plays a very important role in how Farmington develops and moves the city forward. Most major development applications must go before the planning commission for review. They will either, you know, approve the application there on the spot, depending on which application it is, or they will send a recommendation of approval or denial to the city council when they review it. So that's for like bigger things, correct? Correct. So like preliminary final plat so for housing developments Mm -hmm. the planning commission will hold a public hearing on them and then send a recommendation to the city council and then the city council will take in their recommendation if they want to approve it or not things like a conditional use permit that was approved for the apartment building down the street those type of permits only have to be approved by the planning commission so they get the final say in that but the planning commission will determine if a plan fits within the area it's proposed and if it meets city code requirements and address any possible concerns with the development. I mean, there's lots of things to think about when you want to put something somewhere. It's not just, does it fit? For sure. Yeah. It's, you know, they have a big job to do. It's, it's much more than that. And so they play a huge role in, you know, how Farmington will develop in the future. You were just a finalist in the leaders in local government. Um, So tell me, tell me more (laughs) um, about that rising star nomination. Yeah. So the rising star award for the St. Paul area chambers it's for a talented young professional in government service. So it was an honor being named a finalist. I was nominated by our department director, Deanna Kennan, who graciously recognized my impact and professionalism in my job. And I'm grateful to be supported by leadership such as herself. So like I said, it was a huge, a huge honor. Um, unfortunately, I didn't win the award, but it was a great event to attend. Yeah, I mean, only been here how long? <laughs> and then you've already made an impact like that. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> Steph, what's your take on that? I mean, Jared's our star. <laughs> no, it was a great event and stiff competition, but, you know, Jared's done some really great things um, for the community, and it was exciting to be there with him that day, too. So Yeah. Well, and then we were also nominated in Marketing Communications, which we were. I honestly had nothing to do with, <laughs> but kudos to you, Steph. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So... Um, Different from the city marketing is an economic development marketing plan that we've put together. Um, And it's 
titled Unexpectedly Bold, which the community isn't probably going to see a lot of because it goes more towards the business side Mm -hmm. in recruiting. And the way that that came about was our city council, our EDA has told us to go out, be bold, do the things we need to do to attract business, to attract that grocery store that everybody wants, and to be able to get those the rooftops here. And we were showing up in places like different events. And Mm -hmm. folks are like, oh, it's, it's, unexpected that you're here and organically this campaign came about of unexpectedly bold and it really has obviously received really good recognition as it was named a finalist in the St. Paul Chambers event as well so we also did not win but we lost to some furry bison for well Dakota. I mean so, who doesn't love a bison <laughs> furry animals are gonna win over pretty colors and splashy things every day so well yeah and then that's that environmental side too like yes. you're helping the environment as well I mean you can't be yeah. mad at that and it was an amazing campaign so yeah for sure <laughs> stiff competition there as well yeah hey but you know being finalists is yep. a pretty amazing thing. and in six months I yeah. mean that's yeah. the, the, that work has been done in the last six months yeah so. that's a lot going on mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about what your favorite part of the job is, Jared. My favorite part of the job is being able to have an impact on the development of Farmington, you know, with the whole marketing campaign and just the excitement and, and the energy in city hall and the city. Um, it's just exciting to be a part of this town, knowing we're on the cusp of things to come, being able to review development applications that will have a lasting impact on the community, um, is really special and I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Yeah, and it's really interesting to me how this department is set up because not every city is the same, not every town's mm-hmm. the same way. You guys are community development, but you have economic development, you have planning and zoning, you have mm-hmm. building inspections. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts, and you guys all have to work together to right. make it all work. Absolutely. Okay, so what about you, Steph? So I think for folks that know me, know that this is probably not surprising, <laughs> but an extrovert at heart, being able to go out and talk with folks in the community and really get to develop relationships is what I love the most. And then being able to make this impact. The team at City Hall is phenomenal. Team Farmington. Team Farmington all day long. And I think your boss coined that. (laughs) I think so too. (laughs) Her Why why Farmington video for sure. Team Farmington, yes. And it really is that. I mean, if folks walk in here, you can feel the energy. Yeah, so it's it's an amazing feeling. Mm -hmm. That being said, Team Farmington, Mm -hmm. what do you think is the most important thing for residents to know about what you do in your job? Because, you know, someone Mm -hmm. says, oh, I'm an economic development coordinator. Well, what is that? I'm a planning (laughs) manager, planning coordinator. What is that? Like, Mm -hmm. what's one thing you think that people don't know that you do that you do? There's a lot of things that folks don't know because we can't say it. A mm-hmm. lot of projects come to us on a confidential basis as mm-hmm. they're looking for land. And so it might appear like not a lot is going on. And I can assure you that that is not true. Right. We are get, we're working on things that are, should they come to fruition, will make a huge impact on Farmington in a very positive way. Well, and making those relationships is key, yes. like you said. And you're great at it. I'm, I, that's not <laughs> something I do very well. Like It takes me a minute. But you can walk up to anybody and have a conversation. <laughs> And that makes it work, right? (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Jared? So I do a lot of day-to-day planning. So this means I'm the face for the community when they have, you know, questions regarding property setbacks and other requirements. They want to build something on their property, such as a shed. If they have questions about that, you know, they come to me first. They, They can come to the counter at City Hall and I can come up and talk to them or they can give me a call. And then that I also handle code enforcement and take complaints and conduct, and oh, conduct inspections. That doesn't so. sound like the fun part. No, it's not. So there's like this, you know, again, chicken and egg thing. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so do we go out and like find things or do people report things? And at this point right now, we just have to let people report it. Correct. correct. So we are 
doing code enforcement on a complaint basis only. So we will only inspect a property once we receive a complaint. We are not out there proactively looking for violations. So I think that's a huge piece of knowledge for residents to know is that I think sometimes they feel like there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of violations out there, but the thing is that we don't have the staff time to go out there and proactively do it. Um, so we rely on complaints, then we'll go out and take a look at them. I mean, it's similar to the parks and facilities. Like, they don't see every inch of right. the town. Right. You don't right. know what's happening until you know. And how do you know? Somebody tells you. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Correct. You know, so yep. once they, they tell you, then you can do something about it. Right. I know we had a article in our recent Currents, right? And it talked about code enforcement. Correct. And what was the most reported problem? And we started talking about those things. Like, what was the top one? I couldn't remember. The top one that I believe for the past couple of years has been just parking in grass. Parking in grass. <laughs> as, you know, kind of simple and dumb as it sounds, it is a code violation. Um, if you're parking your camper in the grass, it's a violation. So any type of vehicle that's in the grass, it is a code violation, and that's definitely... And most communities have that correct, as a code. Yes. It's not just Farmington. Correct, yes. A lot of the suburban communities have that requirement. You know, we've gone on and tried to, um, you know, do do the do currents the, do and the educational try to educate pieces. people yeah. that um, it is a violation, but... I have realized lately, though, that we haven't had that many, so I'm hoping it's, it's making, working. It's, it's making a difference, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's the biggest violation. Parking on the grass. Yep. So, truthfully, I never would have known that that was a thing. I mean, probably I mean, most of those in, people that are doing it probably didn't realize right. that was yep. an issue. So, And this is a code that was put into the city well before your time. It's yeah. not like you just yeah, made it's, up that it's, rule. No, it's been in there for a while. It's The education piece is the biggest. Yeah. Just getting it out there and, you know, paying attention and, oh, yep, that's that's a code violation. Right. Okay, we shouldn't be doing right. that. And even the watering thing, like, people don't think about the watering. I mean, right now we're in a drought. Right. Like, although you're already not supposed to water from noon to six, like, mm-hmm. there's even more reason to not water right. your grass. Right. Your yep. grass will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> it'll go dormant and it'll be fine, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. so let's uh, go to something funny. I want to hear the funniest thing that ever happened to you while working in your field. I know Jared, yours was a short period of time, but I, there's got to be something fun. <laughs> I guess I don't have like a really, really funny story, but a fun story was that when I was out on the field, I think it was last year, a resident stopped me because there were two large dogs on the loose. <laughs> so, you know, they see me drive by a city vehicle, yeah. you know, they'll, like, they'll oh, stop they'll me. me. Right. Yep. And I got out of the vehicle and the funny thing is that both dogs immediately just ran over the vehicle and got in. <laughs> Um, into and, your vehicle yes, oh yeah. they thought you were so taking them home so it was very convenient <laughs> both of them were wet and just stinking it up and getting hair all over the place but and know. was the owner anywhere in sight no oh, eventually okay. um an officer did come and take them but it definitely made my day more interesting you made some furry friends <laughs> yes i did awesome. it was lovely how about you steph so given the work that i do i'm not so sure i've got funny okay. but i do have fun okay because i'm Folks don't know this, but Jared and I were partners for a bags tournament. We were. Okay, you guys, you guys call them bags here. Yep. Um, we call them call it cornhole back yep. in Michigan. Yep. So, but so we were at the bags tournament, and um, I got stung by a bee. And poor oh. Jared, like we've known each other for six months while we're lovely friends and coworkers. <laughs> Like, I was flailing around trying to get this bee off of my shoulder. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I got stung. Yeah, He's like, you image. allergic? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. So <laughs> Jared was going to have to take care of stuff. Okay, the most important thing is, yep. did you win the tournament? 
So we didn't win, but we didn't lose. Okay. So you didn't so come we in were last. Average. We were average. You did not yeah. come in last. That's no. what matters. We did not come in last. <laughs> or, and given that I had never played before. Oh, well, that's... Right. And Jared has. <laughs> and was he coaching you? Uh, or did she there need more practice? There was a little coaching yeah. before yeah. Okay. the tournament, but... We actually, so if anyone wants to come into City Hall, we actually have an entire bag set up right now right. in uh, City Hall okay. with Farmington branded boards. Yep. Nice. With the unexpectedly bold campaign yeah, on Unexpectedly it. bold. Yep. Bag boards. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so let's get a little serious for a second. Um, who has inspired you most in your career and why? Steph? I'm going to go back to like my communication marketing days. And I would say... The person who had the biggest impact on my life in my career was actually a professor of mine, Dr. Pete Settle. May he rest in peace. Like, I actually went to his funeral. Like, he changed literally the direction of my life. Yeah. For those that don't know, I actually went to school pre-med, and that's, that is not oh. my skill set, y'all. <laughs> Way different. <laughs> But it was a a conversation with him, and I took a class with him and literally changed the trajectory of what I was going to do. Still in touch with his wife to this day and his kids. His favorite saying to us as we left class was, stay out of jail. (laughs) And it was just this impactful, fun guy that really, I mean, he made a difference in a lot of kids' lives at our school. So Yeah, I had a similar moment. I had a professor that basically convinced me what my major needed to be. And then, um, because I, I went to school and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And for two years of general classes and mm-hmm. when you don't run out and you have to declare a major, <laughs> you're like, Oh no, have to do something. Yeah. And they actually came into one of our classes. Cause I took one of those career, like find oh, sure. your career class. Yep. And, um, they're like communication technology, which was, let's go. Yeah. And back in the day it was, you know, learning how to do websites mm-hmm. and, producing TV, radio commercials, yep. um, all the communications things, but also the software side. So learning how to yes. do multimedia authoring mm-hmm. and desktop publishing. And here I am today using that degree in almost every job I've had. Yes. So yep. it was kind of awesome. So mm-hmm. I, I thank him yeah. as well. It's awesome. Paul Majeski. <laughs> Way to go, Paul. Uh, for me, it's definitely my dad. I mean, I did have an amazing professor back at school, too, that is right up there, too. But growing up, my dad always pushed me to work hard and take risks. And he just had an incredible work ethic. And growing up and watching him go to work every day and just the attitude he had, I would just like to think it rubbed off on me. So Yeah. Is he in the same field as you or no? He is not. He is retired now. He was a store manager for a (laughs) large grocery chain no oh, that's even some funnier connections for us <laughs> right the connections are everywhere <laughs> they are. oh that's so sweet so he better listen to this podcast he better, send, he better call me send him with his link. connections yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you guys think the residents really need to know about your department and community and economic development and planning and zoning like this is something to take away from this I really honestly think that they need to understand that we do listen and we are taking their feedback and we're seeing the Facebook posts and we want a Chipotle and a grocery store and all the things just as much as they do. Yeah. And we're working on those things. And I know that they hear that often, but we have new people in place right now and just having a chance to settle in, get to know the residents, get to know the businesses, those things are coming. And there's a lot of excitement around it. Yeah. Well, and also the vision project is still going on, correct, in, in the planning department? Yep, correct. So we are still going through that process. I think we're 
kind of getting or narrowing down the vision statement. And then we're going to start moving in towards the land use aspect of the comprehensive plan update. So that's all very exciting. And then I just want to say, too, that, you know, residents feel free to come in, give Mm -hmm. us a call. We're not scary, Um, especially, you know, around the code enforcement part with me is that, you know, code enforcement can be people get a letter from me. They can be kind of turned off by it, but we're here to help, too. So we're not here to, you know, nag on you. So. We're yeah. just regular humans yeah. like everyone else. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Stephanie and Jared, for giving us a preview of what's to come for Farmington. Farmington is a growing community that welcomes new businesses and residents. Remember, you can always get involved by helping shape your city by attending a meeting, mm-hmm. the EDA, right, the Planning Commission, yep. uh, City Council even, volunteering and participating in our events. There's a lot of great things going on. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks, Greg. Thank you so much. We'll be back in a moment for round two of New Employee Speed Round. We're back with round two of our new employee speed round with Shirley Bexler, city clerk, and Danielle Olson, GIS specialist. Hi, welcome Shirley and Danielle. Thank you. We're going to have a lot of questions today, and um, hopefully this will help residents understand your positions a lot more than they already do. So first of all, how did you become interested in your current position, Shirley? I actually started in local government back in 10th grade, so it's been a few years. Yeah. That got me interested. That's why I try to get students to be election judges. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it was just a great experience, and I love local government. Yeah. All right. How about you, Danielle? I got started. I actually didn't know what GIS was um, when I was in college. I just was interested in environmental studies. That was my initial uh, bachelor's degree. And then my advisor said, hey, you know, you should really look into GIS. It's a really growing field. And so I took a couple classes and here we are. So um, yeah, in college, I, I was encouraged to take on GIS as a double major. And from there, I got a few internships with other local government and I've been in GIS ever since. Okay, so for those of uh, listeners that don't know what that is, can you explain a little bit about it? Sure, yeah. So GIS stands for Geographic Information Systems, and it's a tool that's used for visualizing, analyzing, and managing information, any information with a geographic or spatial extent. That's a little bit of a very dictionary definition, but uh, (laughs) a better way to kind of describe it is with using an example like anybody who checks the radar uh, for rain or precipitation or any sort of weather app that Mm -hmm. they have on their phones or on their computers, they are utilizing a form of GIS. Another example might be using census data. So if you go on the census website, they have several different mapping applications that kind of Uh, visualize the census data that has been collected over the past years. Another example might be the CDC has a lot of different mapping components for disease prevention or kind of prevalence in certain areas. And so those are kind of more common examples of of GIS that the public might be familiar with. Which they didn't know maybe at the time that it was GIS. Exactly, yeah. I didn't even think about it with the radar. I mean, my mom's like a weather nut, Mm -hmm. so we are always checking the radar. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's GIS. Yep. Shirley, you mentioned you liked it since 10th grade. So was that specific to being a city clerk or just local government in general? And what other kind of things have you dipped your toes in? That was 
local government in general. Yeah. I was in the business program in oh. high school, so they got us out in the community. And so I've spent my afternoons every day in high school from 10th grade to 12th grade at City Hall. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got about 20 years of local government experience. I'm 17 as city clerk or deputy clerk. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I started my interest in local government actually in college. I had an internship or co-op as I called it, uh, doing websites, but they assigned me to City Hall for the city of Ypsilanti, and I'm sure I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but um, I just did their website, and it was way different than they are now, but city manager was my boss, and so I kind of got involved in more aspects than just that, so it was kind of like, oh, this is fun, like, got to know the city clerk and the parks and rec people and the city manager and, you know, worked in different aspects of the office throughout my my two years over there, so. Nice. So a big thing coming up. 2024 election. How has the voting and elections process changed over the years? Well, for one thing, technology is always advancing, and that includes elections as well. We've only had about five years using the e-poll books, which replaces the paper roster. We Mm -hmm. still have the paper roster as a backup, but with the e-poll books, one judge can register a voter and check them in. So it makes the process go so much faster. It's so much easier. But because it's so much faster, I've had to remind judges to slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we get too many people waiting for the voting booth. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's only so many of those. Yeah. I'm very proud of our voting process here in Minnesota. I've got friends who will say, well, what about this state? What about how they do it? How does that compare? I'm like, I don't really want to know how they do it because I know we do it the best. Oh, okay. <laughs> L- little confidence there in your oh, voting yes. process. <laughs> I mean, I just remember the first time going to vote and getting in line and waiting and waiting and waiting and then filling in those little circles mm-hmm. at a little desk or table <laughs> or whatever. And it's way beyond that now. Yep. <laughs> um, so on top of that, you know, most people think that the city clerk just does elections and what are they doing the rest of that time? There's a lot. Right. And so uh, explain what else you are responsible for on a daily basis. Well, it's just a, a cute little term that I like that a city clerk is also known as the keeper of the records. It's yeah out there in history, which means we're responsible for safeguarding the city's records, maintaining them so that future generations can see them, access them. Along with maintaining the records and administering elections, I assist the city administrator with the council agendas, Mm -hmm. recording minutes, agreements, publishing legal notices, processing business licenses. But most importantly, it's making sure that we're taking care of our customers to the best of our ability. Which is the residents. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Danielle, um, you mentioned you got your start in GS in college because of a professor, but what experience really like hit the nail on the head, like, this is what I need to do? It's a combination of a few different things. As I kind of mentioned before, I had an initial interest in environmental studies, and GIS can be applied to almost anything you can think of. There's a website you could actually find that's called, I think, 2000 ways GIS is used. And many of those have that environmental component. And so that's where I really got my interest. And one of the first internships that I worked at was actually also part of a capstone for my senior thesis. And I was basically creating a ArcGIS web application for Nicollet County. And it was showing all of the different places that you can dispose of hazardous waste. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So showing their hours, their 
hours of operation, their website, what sort of waste they accept, whether it's scrap metal or, you know, batteries or you name it. And so that was something that really stuck with me is how I can kind of make a difference using GIS. And ever since then, I've been hooked. Yeah. And well, you know what? It's another form of communication. So exactly. it's a different way of presenting information for people. You know, there's visual learners, there's people that have to do to learn. And I mean, that just helps those visual people for sure. Exactly. Which is pretty awesome. So Farmington is going to be utilizing this tool a lot more now that you're here. So can you talk about a little bit, maybe in the next year or so, what we're going to be able to do with that? Sure. So as the GIS specialist, kind of my main goal is to streamline some of our workflows and some of our processes here at the city. And so um, I want to touch on a few examples of of that, because that's a bit of a loaded statement. Um, (laughs) So an example that I've already been working on during my three months here Mm -hmm. is I'm currently digitizing our utility infrastructure rather than having that on paper. And so what that means for facilitating faster and more efficient workflows is this. Recently, there was a water main break and now staff can open up their work phones go to an app and zoom to that area and look at where those utilities are on the ground. Okay. As opposed to, I know we have a lot of staff that kind of have the utility (laughs) structure in their brains, which is great, but But one day they're going to retire. So exactly. Yeah. So it's always good to have that digital access right when you need it for those emergencies. Yeah. So that's one thing that we're working on. I've got an app going for staff to log water main breaks. And that also is something that we can look at for future. If we see an area that has, you know, a street or a stretch of road that has a lot of water main breaks, that kind of signals something to us that Right, there's a bigger issue there. Yep, exactly. So that's one thing. The other thing that I do want to point out and mention is Farmington Fix. I know in the past we did have somebody that deployed an application for that, and it ended up uh, having some issues, and I I think we didn't have the staff at the time to troubleshoot that. And Mm -hmm. so currently what we we have going on is an email template. What I am working on currently is formatting it back to a web map based application where residents can go to a website and click a drop down of different issues that they want to report Mm -hmm. in the city and where that is located they have an option to add a picture oh that's nice yep and so it provides a faster easier more efficient way to report problems than just email because that generally allows for people to provide less information than maybe is required. Right. So So then we have to email them back and get more information and where this will give them like all the stuff that you would need to know at the time they're reporting it. Yep, exactly. And so that application is in the works currently. Once a resident reports a problem that they see, that will trigger an email to be sent to the appropriate staff. Mm -hmm. And then that staff will take a look at whether they sent a picture or not, a description of the problem, and they will then, you know, figure out the workflow to solve the problem. So that's something that's, I think, going to be a really big tool for for residents to use that I'd like to deploy this season. We'll see how it goes with with some of the, uh, the challenges that we're having in terms of firewalls. 
don't want to get into maybe too much of that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. there's always testing and trial, yep, you know, a lot of before coding. something happens yeah. and you got to make sure it works correctly before you let it out. Yep, exactly. But definitely look out for publication on on that application, whether it's in the currents, the newsletter. We'll definitely want to put it in there. Yep. So that is is another big thing that I'm looking forward to deploying. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So uh, a little bit about both of you. I want to know what your favorite part of your job is. Shirley? My favorite would be that I love it here in Farmington. Everybody, council, co-workers, people out in the community, everybody's just so happy and <laughs> genuinely happy. And it feels good to be here. Yeah. Awesome. And it's hard when you're in, in a position that, you know, people are just down in the dumps or negative. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I feel like people are very positive here and super friendly. There's a lot of new faces, but, you know, getting to know them over the course of six months for me has been really nice and popping up with new Farmington faces in the newsletter. And, you know, it's always a good thing to, you know, reach out to us when you have a question or a problem and mm-hmm. eventually we'll have a, a fabulous Farmington fix. But email works good for right now too. So what about you, uh, Danielle? What's your favorite thing about the job so far? I mean, it's only been three months. Sure. Yeah. I think my favorite thing is my ability to innovate and just kind of seeing my colleagues' reactions when I create a solution for them that is, you know, a lot easier, quicker, and more efficient. It's really fun to see how um, I can make, I guess, other people's jobs a little bit easier using GIS. So that's definitely something that that kind of motivates me in this position. Yeah. And like, you're you're servicing the residents, but you're also servicing the employees here in the city too. Yeah, exactly. You are as well, Shirley, and so am I on some level, right? So what information that we didn't already kind of discuss do you think is most important for residents to know about what you do? Well, when it comes to elections, it's that they can rely on me to know that we've got a great elections process, their vote is going to be secure, and I take great pride in the work I get to do here every day. Yeah. How about you? For me, I think, um, and we just kind of touched on this, that GIS is a not only a tool for staff internally, but it's also something that um, residents can utilize. And so it's really important that I kind of make sure that residents know that GIS is something that will benefit them. And so I plan in the future to have a lot of public-facing web applications and maps for residents to use. Apart from Farmington Fix, I'm hoping to have resources that kind of map out different opportunities and events in the city. And it just helps with transparency, too. And so I want the residents to know that GIS is, is a tool that they should embrace and try to kind of get to know and utilize. Yeah, and... I'm sure like when you're designing these on the user end, you're trying to make it as easy as possible for them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, on your end, it's complicated because mm-hmm. you got all the back end stuff. But the same thing like for me with the website, like you want them to be able to navigate and get through to where they where they need to go and yep. make it easy. And so, you know, when you have a new tool like that, it's kind of a, it's kind of fun to talk about it and say, hey, look, this is going to be easy for you. You know, some of the, some of the population, I feel like I'm getting there like, oh, I can't use this iPhone, you know, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm too old now. Like I'm that I'm my mom now because she would be so frustrated with sending a text message. And now I can't like download my photos on my iPhone. So yep. I'm getting there. But, you know, like. People don't want to learn something new, but if you make it easy for them, then that transition is so much better, right? Yeah. So let's turn it over to something a little more fun and maybe 
talk about one of the funniest things that's ever happened to you in your field. You're looking at me. I am looking at you, Shirley. <laughs> well, I'll go with my story from mid-80s. I was receptionist for Burnsville. Somehow, I got talked into being in the dunk tank for the fire muster. Oh. And got quite wet when uh, my fiancé at the time uh-huh. kept dunking me. And I think my mom, thankfully, got all the papers that were out there because my picture was in the paper soaking wet with a caption that says, Burnsville receptionist dunked 16 times at the hand of her fiance. 16? <laughs> it was 14 or 16 times. It oh was my lot. gosh. He just kept getting back in line, Didn't, huh? It wasn't fair that he played softball. Well, yeah, that's a little unfair <laughs> advantage. They should have made him move back. Exactly. Left um, hand or something. Yeah, I know, right? My kids went to the fire 150th this mm. past summer and they had a dunk tank. <laughs> and of course, they were in line like the entire time. And it was hilarious because I think one of them got to dunk the chief. Nice. Which they were super excited about it is fun what about you danielle gis maybe isn't as exciting (laughs) a gis related story i i think one of the funniest things that i remember in one of my past internships is i was tasked with collecting data out in the field so i was using a gps and they had us using city vehicles for that and so they had me in a retired police car and so it was just kind of funny to see kind of how how people would very much obey traffic laws when they saw me for sure and uh and then they'd kind of look in the window and they'd just see this kind of what 18 year old girl intern like they're like she's not a police officer yeah and then you know people in their neighborhoods seeing me out there with my with my little gps and they're like what is this like what is she doing doing? yeah for sure (laughs) in this retired (laughs) police car so that was kind of an interesting i felt kind of funny uh driving that car around all summer for sure so on the serious side let's talk about a little bit who has inspired you most in your career why don't you go first this time, Danielle? Sure. So I had mentioned that I had worked in a few different internships for local government, and one of those was with the city of Brooklyn Park. The GIS uh, specialist over there is super, super smart, and he is so smart and so innovative that he's actually won several different awards in, in different categories for GIS. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I worked there, he held presentations and kind of classes I had we had one other in GIS intern and he would almost treat it like not even a job but a college class um, in some ways and he prepared us for professional life outside of our internships and and he showed us you know ways to format our resume and things like that so I so think more he, than just GIS absolutely yeah And he is now part of the Minnesota GIS LAS Consortium. And that's a super big accomplishment. He has won, I believe, something like six awards between now and 2015, just doing GIS. And so he's got a lot of experience that really inspired me. I definitely aspire to be like him and just really show people how GIS can be utilized. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Shirley? For me, it's my peers, all the city clerks that I get to work with every day. We learn from each other. We support one another. And But two stand out the most. One would be Christy Wilcox, former South St. Paul city clerk. She hired me back in 2006 as her deputy, and it's her 
organizational skills, her wonderful customer service skills, that she's been my mentor and a great friend all these years. The other is Michelle Collins, Burnsville City Clerk. She took me under her wing to get me from deputy to city clerk where I wanted to be. And once again, showed me the importance of organization and excellent customer service skills. And um, we have a great group of clerks here in Dakota County, and I'm just so glad to be back in Dakota County. So if there's anything else you guys can think of, we're definitely looking for election judges for this November school oh, district yeah. election. So okay. if there's anybody who's interested in working half day, full day, let me know and I can get you in contact with the school district. And do they have to fill out an application for that or yes. anything else? Yeah. Okay. We yeah. can get that to them. Yep. All right. Anything else, Danielle? Uh, I think just look out for publication about that Farmington Fix application here coming soon. That's exciting. And we'll get it up on all our social as well and yep. the website and let everybody know it's happening. Thank you for my round two uh, new employee speed rounds. Thank you. Before I wrap up today's episode, I want to share a few upcoming fall city events. Thursday, September 28th will be a busy day in the city of Farmington. First is the community blood drive at Fire Station 1. It's from 1 to 7 p.m. Get a free cup of chili with your donation. Next up is the weekly farmer's market in the Farmington Mall parking lot from 2.30 to 6.30. These only run through mid-October, so be sure to stop by and support your local farmers. And finally, to wrap up the day, is the Farmington Liquors Anniversary and Tasting Event at Kelts Pub from 6 to 8 p.m. Wine Club members get in free, but non-members will only pay $3 per person. Tiger Cub Pet Fest is a co-sponsored event by Parks and Recreation and Farmington Area Community at it will be held on October 4th, immediately following the homecoming parade. There will be fun activities at the Rambling River Center for the whole family. The Pink Patch Project for the Police Department kicks off October 1st. Purchase your Pink Patch at the police station. And finally, Hydrant Flushing is scheduled to start the week of October 2nd. Be on the lookout on our website and socials for information regarding that. Well, that concludes this month's episode of the Farmington Feed. Thank you for listening. We look forward to connecting with residents with this podcast. If you have any feedback, guest requests, or ideas, email me at communications at farmingtonmn.gov. Don't forget to subscribe to the Farmington Feed wherever you like to get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.